live. Hello, everyone. Hi. Another episode of the Puppet Podcast. So cool. I'm Caroline. I'm doing this podcast about puppetry with a lot of passion. And I'm trying to connect all the world of puppetry, connect with great puppeteers from all over the world. And tonight, we have the chance to connect with Andrea from Slovenia from Crane Creation, and she's now in Canada, so that's so cool to, to connect with her. But before we go into the interview, I just want to let you know that we have this wonderful Patreon. I always plug the Patreon because we are a community and we offer workshop on this platform to help puppeteers about online aspect of the work now, about building, so we do building workshop for puppeteers to perfection your stuff, to learn some building skills. And yes, we give also some tools about social media and how to promote your art online and get into the branding, marketing. So yeah, we, we, we love those aspects of the job as promotion, Eli and I. So we, we share this on Patreon. So you can have a look. The address is here. So yes, this was a little commercial. But yeah, I want to tell you that you can book a call with us if you have questions about marketing and you want to know more about what we do. Yes, you have a, on, the, on our website a little link. So I will talk about that at the end. But now let's go into this wonderful interview and feel free to ask questions during the interview. That's the magic of the live. And to just write down from where you are watching. This is always so fun to see. So ladies and gentlemen, please drum roll for the director of Crane Creation Theater, Mrs. Andrea. <laughs> Thank you, Caroline. Slovenia <laughs> no. is in the house. Yes. <laughs> so cool. So, and Andrea, I'm so happy to, to have a, a connection with you. I, we got the chance to meet in person before the pandemic at the, this wonderful festival, Castelier. So we, we see each other. We didn't know we, we will... <laughs> go in this worldwide pandemic but we we know that at some point we will connect at this moment yeah i remember last year at castellier you know it was literally days before the world got shut down at least on the north american side and we were all there having fun watching amazing puppetry shows and then who knew that a week on from then we will all be in lockdown and a year later we will still be locked down <laughs> I have my mask, sanitizer, everything is back there. We are socially distanced. I'm the only person in here. <laughs> good to mention. That's that's good. And uh, I I do the podcast from home, so I I'm I'm uh, care uh, curf curf curfew. You know, we have to go to bed in Montreal at eight uh, to bed to be home. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'm home, so that's good also. I want, uh, Andrea, uh, I want you to introduce yourself to the community who are watching. I always like when the puppeteers tell his story. So where are you from and, yeah, how you get into puppetry? 
Um, so I am originally from Slovenia, which is this teeny tiny country of two million people that is between Austria to our north, Croatia to south, Italy to our west, and Hungary to east. So it's like in the middle of Europe. So I was born and raised there, and a tradition there is that when you are in school and kindergarten and preschool, because we have state-run puppetry repertory theaters, these puppeteers come to schools and kindergarten. And that is how I first got introduced with uh, puppetry, actually. There was this super popular show that played for like 30 years in Slovenia, the same show, and every child in the last 30 years have seen it. Uh, it was this about this uh, couple and a ball that they had, and it was a magic ball, and at some point of the show, all kids have to blow in order to help uh, the ball to escape from some dragon. I know it's a very odd plot, I won't go into that. <laughs> I, I still remember that we were all like, blowing our lungs out and be so, so involved with the show. So that was the first venture into the world of puppetry, probably something when I was like four. And it speaks to how important it is to have puppetry in schools. You know, it's huge, very important. Yeah, and, and I want to ask you, because right from the bat, I want to know the, like the difference from, because you, you have studied theater and you become a di director, you have studied in, in Canada, the, but you study also in Slovenia. I want to, to just ask you the difference that you observe for, uh, like from the different theater culture between the both country. In Slovenia, we have um, state theaters that have actors who are employed full time. Uh -huh. And um, that's their job, like being a doctor or a nurse or a teacher, and you're just nine to five or in the morning and the evening, that's our schedule, come and work. And directors, we travel around from one theater to another and do projects in different theaters. Uh, the theater is a venue, but it has full-time staff that is a part of that theater. And as a part of the theater, the theater produces a season and then shows stay on the repertory for more than one year. So minimum one year, but usually more. They don't play every night after they open, but let's say three, four times a month. So one night you can watch Let's say Pinocchio, the next night you're watching uh, War Horse, the third night you're watching something else. So it rotates in that way. And as part of that, they also tour to schools because they have an ensemble that's in-house all the time. So we have two state puppet theaters, the Ljubljana Puppet Theater and Maribor Puppet Theater. And um, they play about anywhere between 380 and 400 shows a year. Whoa, that's a lot. It is. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. That's so different than, than in Canada. And even like people could maybe tell how it is in their country, but to, to be full-time like puppeteer, full-time actor, a full-time performer, yeah. it's kind of, uh, it's, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So that's different than in Canada where we are project-based, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where a group of people gets together and we start working on a project. First there are ideas, then we're experimenting, then we're building, and then the show opens and closes, or it tours to different festivals in different theaters around the world. Mm -hmm. It's a different model. Wow, that's, that's good. Thank you for this kind of like compare moment. It's, it's so interesting. And um, I, I always ask the deep question of the Puppet Podcast. So are you ready, Andrea, for, for those deep questions? <laughs> sure. of course. yeah and and you have friends who support 
here we have RD with the say, wow, Andrea, one of my dear friends and heroes. So that's, that's so cool. Yeah. And the first question is the why. Like, what makes the art of puppetry an art that you cherish? It is a really difficult question. I, I see why this is a question. That's the first <laughs> question of the Puppet Podcast. Boom. Um, it's, there's something something magical about a, a puppet, you know, how it can, it can be more human than a human. And it's present everywhere around the world. You have puppets in every continent, every culture has puppets. And as an art form, it goes all the way back to the caves where people sat around the fire. And they probably first observed that if you put your hand in certain other shapes, that the shadows on the wall resemble something else. Um, so, for me, puppetry, it has something magical on it. Like, if I'd want to go really philosophical about it, I'd say that it reminds me of Plato and his story about the cave, how there is reality outside of the real reality. Um, but quintessentially, when you have actors on stage and a puppet, you cannot take your eyes away from the puppet. So it has its own charm. It, it has something in it that it carries no matter where you are. It's just wonderful. Yes, and to direct puppet. It, it must be back because I, I was doing some experience uh, at last week and I was remembering and maybe you can tell me who said this thing. I, I was thinking it was Jim Anson, but the three hardest thing to put on stage are kids, animals and puppets. Yes, it's very true. I don't remember who said it, but... Um... With puppets, it's because, you know, your actor can do anything that you'll ask them or close to anything. Yeah. Um, with puppetry, that's not really quite the, the thing. You have to think ahead before you build them. So as a director, when you're thinking conceptually about the show, in the human theater, you can improvise. You know, if you'll ask a simplest thing to an actor, like sit down, they can sit down. 99.9% of the actors can do that. A puppet, unless you thought of the actions that the puppet needs to do, and you've pre-designed and built into them, they won't do that no matter how much you try. So there's this technical aspect of when you have to plan, uh, but there's also the things that humans cannot do and puppets can do. You know, They can fly, they can go underwater, they can fall into pieces, they can do all these wonderful things that are beyond uh, imaginations where you can take them and I think that that opens up possibilities when you're directing a show of building different type of universe it's it's you have to think almost like almost like a visual artist or um, like composing an abstract image and, and feel that you want to get ahead rather than just you know what's the move now and what's the move now if you have really good smart puppeteers they will take care of that it's more what are you building in the in the idea part of the show behind that. That's important. And that's what you kind of have to have first so that you can think about the building parts and then bring back with the puppeteers. Wow, that's so well said. That's great. That's true. You have to, to be in front of the creation, like as a director also, to predict. And when you you, you build the thing, it's have to do what, what you have in mind. Yeah. That's good. And you have other friends who are watching. So we have Nicola. Hi, Nicola. I would say that you are her greatest mentor. So it's so great. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> so cool. And, and let me bring another one as we, we have Andrea. I can't wait to see your next production of Puppet Theater. Whoa, he is so great. So that's cool, eh? They are with us. They, they, they comment. This so cool. And Andrea, let me ask you the, the next one is the crush moment. So you, you, you talk about the, the, the kindergarten, the school show. Maybe you have a crush moment where you decide you want to become a director of puppetry. Maybe it's in Canada, maybe in Slovenia. I want to know your crush moment. Oh, uh, that's an easy question. That was the first time I have ever seen Japanese bunraku puppets. I was just mesmerized. I was just like, oh my God, what is this? It was um, sometimes in the middle of my training as a director, because we don't have specific training for puppetry directors and theater directors. It's all theater directing. And not every theater director can or knows what to do with puppets. Sometimes a lot of theater directors will just treat them like humans. And it's like, oh. a puppet is not a mini human. It's a different universe, different dramaturgy. Yeah. So um, there was a Japanese uh, artist came over to our town because we have a festival there and they presented Bunako puppets and part of that was also a workshop of how they operated how they work and then they did a show and I was just mesmerized I was sold immediately it was something so profoundly beautiful and then I started reading into it and this idea of picking up an object and giving it life I was just yeah Love it for yeah, and those Japanese like must have those tradition as we know what is the culture of bunraku puppets. So it, it, you you were immersed in that also? Not immersed per se because it's rarely available around there. But uh, luckily there was some materials, and I was very inventive into trying to get my hands on any book possible, speak with any person that was around. I started tracking festivals in the surrounding countries and going to see what was going on there. And luckily the puppeteers in Slovenia do various different techniques. So they're not limited to just marionettes or just Sicilian or puppet or hand or um, stick. Um, so they've done Bunraku as well. And I incorporate in my shows that I direct, I really like Bunraku Puppet because it's very, it can be a fast puppet to operate. And my shows are very dynamic usually. And I find that each puppet has its own speed, its own um, genre and style that fits it. Like if you're trying to force a marionette to be fast, it's just gonna get all tangled and it's just gonna be jumping up. And it's not really, you're not taking the technique out of what that puppet can do. Uh -huh. It's better if you're slow and patient with the marionette because then you can control each move, each string properly. But if you want an action-packed show, like anything to do with battles, <laughs> Bunraku is your puppet because it can do anything. It's going to be an interesting choreography of the puppeteers because each Bunraku puppet has three people that um, operate the puppet. So getting three people and another two people and more like once you have three puppets, there's nine people and a lot of limbs that are falling one over another. So there's like a double choreography of the puppet <laughs> work and then of the people who goes under who and which leg goes under what and which arms goes under what. It's a fun, fun experience. Yeah, it must be fun to direct. Okay, let's solve this. Okay, so the leg first. Okay, <laughs> kick in the face. Okay. A lot of knee pads. <laughs> True. Good. It's it's brilliant, and yes, let me bring some some uh, people uh, also communicate 
admiration towards you, Andrea. Like, little tired, it's 2 a.m. Yeah, finding exciting. Love from Black Forest. Yeah, the Black so cool. <laughs> it, it's your friend. I'm so happy to bring them. And we have Amy, you say, everyone. Yeah, the Boon Raku, she agree. Amy agree on Boon Raku puppet. So, so cool. <laughs> And, and it's so interesting to ask the next question to you from the director perspective, the feel of study. I always ask, in your opinion, what would be the best feel of study to, for someone to become a puppeteer? And you have observed maybe different kind of artists, what you feel is a good puppeteer and good training for them? For a puppeteer, oh. usually they're actors. That's the most classic path to puppetry. Um, there are schools around the world where you can study puppetry specifically. Mm -hmm. um, I find that people being dancers can also be useful, especially for certain techniques, because they can, like for Bunrako, having dancers is really useful. But um, actors, really good. Uh, circus artists, I think super, super useful for becoming a puppeteer as well. It will depend slightly whether someone wants to be a, a creator, so make their whole show and develop the show, or if they just want to be a performer in someone else's development. So that will be dependent. If they want to be a creator, oh, there are so many different paths. You could study philosophy and end up in poetry. Like people have done that. <laughs> or uh, if you're more inclined to work exploring the materials and building of property, then the great path is to just be a carpenter. Mm. I've also known people who come from carpentry or or just making, they were just good in making things with their hands. And they just started building and putting parts together and playing around with what works. And those are all good paths to do. That's so cool. That's true that puppetry is a wide open feel and you can come from every path and, and you will find your, your spot into it because we, we need a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> like there's so many people involved, right? You have to build the puppet, there's the conceptual part, then there's the actual playing part. So it's like at least three different universes. Yeah, totally. And I want to know your definition of a puppet. And, and I want to know also, you, you have done some manipulation also on, like to be a good director, you, you, you have your own definition, but you, you try also object, right? Um, very rarely. Okay. It will depend. Some people, yes. Some people, no. I'm like a typical director, so I very rarely step my step on stage, especially because my training was actually that if you step on stage and do the things that performers are supposed to do, that's insulting to the performer. So we were literally trained of like, no, you sit on the other side. If you cannot communicate your idea to the performer, you're doing a bad job. <laughs> the idea was that you as a director need to um, help stimulate the imagination of the performer and it kind of becomes a dialogue, a performer will suggest things and you're like the audience member looking what works and what doesn't because the performer can see themselves at the same time. Yeah. So that was the take on it. But um, in terms of what is a puppet, anything, for me, anything is a puppet that is not alive. Mm -hmm. To say it that way. So anything that's an object, anything that's not alive, and we move it, which to animate, we give it soul, that's a puppet. So it can be a stone, it can be a pencil, it can be a tissue, it can be a plastic bag, uh, it can be, you know, a beautifully carved puppet. All of that is a puppet. 
Ja, dat is open. You know, in fact, even a robot is a puppet. Uh-huh, I want to hear you on that because I get those like debates sometimes CGI or, or, or you know, robot or animation. I want to hear you from, from your perspective about robot and puppetry. Well, like around New Year's, there was this video that was super popular with the dancing robots from Boston Dynamics. Yeah. And if you take a look at the way how those, are, those robots are constructed, or like lately in the last 10 years where the development of the robots has gone, they have joints done in the same way as, as puppets do. You know, it's like a round joint. That's uh -huh. cool. They're, of course, powered by servo motors, but we've had servo motors incorporated in puppetry, you know, going back 20 years. Like Lion King has all of those puppets that are supported by servo motors. Uh -huh. So robots are definitely puppets because, like, based on my very basic definition of, like, it is an object that is now moving. It is given life. They're not necessarily always artistic, but, like, technically they are a puppet. They're an inanimate object that is... I love this nuance, like the fact that it's not artistic, maybe, but it's a puppet. Yeah, <laughs> like your Roomba, you know, it's going around doing this thing in the apartment if you have a vacuum cleaner that's electric. Yeah, you have a little puppet. I remember to see, like, you know, uh, uh, those robots who cut the grass in yeah. Europe. And I was like, this is a puppet? And I want to talk with them and, and just make a show with those robots cutting the grass. That would be actually quite funny. Can you imagine like five of them and then someone does a voiceover and they have a whole meeting? Yeah, and they, oh, I go, I'm going over there. Oh, no, I take this part. No, it's my turn. Like, and they, they fight a bit. Yeah, maybe in the future we will have show all over. <laughs> Yes. So let's go to the next question. It's, um, it's, it's always deeper and deeper, but I want to ask you as an artist with your own career, what is your big goals? Like something you want to achieve? You say, I want to, to put that show together. I want to play in that place. Maybe you have a goal for, for your career. Um, Well, we run a puppet festival in Mississauga that we just launched last year. So one of the goals for me would be to bring some of the top world puppeteers to Mississauga and showcase them here. Like, I would love to have Duda Paiva come to Canada and come to uh, Mississauga and perform. I think that would be just fabulous. I would love to bring Bunraku puppetry. And I would also love to bring all the amazing Canadian puppeteers that we have coast to coast um, to come and join us at the festival as well. And to just make more people know about puppetry. Like I, I now that we are a fresh festival in a city where not many people like even when we say the word theater, we sometimes have to explain what that is because they might think movie theater. Uh-huh. So theater, you know, like people on stage. And when we go puppetry, at first it doesn't click at all. But after we start describing for like five, ten seconds, no matter where in the world the person is from. They just say the word for puppetry in their language, like in Slovene, it's Lutka. And they go, ah, oh, Lutka, yeah. And they just start to describe something that they've seen in their life. And I think it's so wonderful to just bring people to that memory in their life and in their childhood and keep it as they're grown-ups. So what my goal in life would be to have more people enjoy puppetry and to have people who think that puppetry is only for children realize that it's actually very much for adults as well and then there are phenomenal artists who do shows with puppets for adults 
Yes, and I agree so much with you. It's so true that we we. It, it's funny. It's like converting someone. You you just bring his understanding. Like you remember that moment, and they they just connect with the 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 childhood, or they oh yeah, this was like so bright and shiny and light as a moment of their life, and that's true that. People don't realize that they are surrounded with puppets when they are kids or even adult or in film or and when you make this connection, it's like they are in love forever with the art form. Oh my god. How did you fall in love with puppetry? It it, it was um a moment of um when I saw children manipulating puppet. For me, I think it, it created this moment of like remember me manipulating object also but to see kids doing it i kind of like connect the dots and it was the song uh, they were manipulating a giant puppet on wonderful world of louis armstrong mm -hmm. and for me i get this crush of like peace on earth is possible on this song and those kids and it was just like wow big giant puppet dancing together <laughs> it was a wow so yeah those crush moments are key and i i feel when we share it with others it, it make them also like oh yeah wow okay this is passion in in action so this is cool and it's really interesting what you say because you know in, in puppetry you usually need more people involved like it's in theater in general and puppetry there are four art forms where you cannot really do it just yourself Hmm. And that communal factor, I think it really connects people. Yeah. It's like needed civilizationally because we're like in the last 10 years became so obsessed with like I and a selfie and me and mine. And these art forms, they do something else for, for people because it's, you know, like how you described, there's children who are all operating this big puppet. It's like we human beings, we are operating our society and the world or the climate or whatever problem there is in the world, only everyone together can solve it. Not, you know, not one person doesn't have the answer. Yes, I feel. And, and it, it's funny because those like Royal Deluxe or La Machine, like those big giant stuff make people realize stuff. It's kind of, it's from the art form. You just mm -hmm. see the art form and you're realizing about yourself, about the world, just by seeing it. So I feel it's true that it's really, really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I want to bring another question. Oh, yeah. Here we have people watching from Mexico. And yes, the robot, the ruins, uh, Julio said that the, the robot and animatronic and CGI are a puppet. Ha ha. Yes. So we have an agreement here. It's funny because I get the opposite sometimes in some interview. People say they are not puppet, or but we, you, as a director, I feel you can unite the viewpoint and and really like okay, how we can work as a team. It, this is the duty of a great director in in the production. That's that's definitely the case. And hola, Julio, uh, gracias. <laughs> <laughs> um, my definition of a director and that comes to the community is that a director is like glue if you're making a chair 
you don't want to see glue on that chair. That's the worst thing that can happen. You can get your pants stuck on it. Or yeah. It looks really ugly. So you can see the beautiful elements of the chair. You want to see the legs. You want to see the seat. You want to see the back. So that's the actors and the designers and the makers and the technicians and the people everywhere around making that show. But the director is just keeping all these pieces together. But it's incredible. And the more you can achieve that, the more you can basically empower the people that you work with and have them carry that, that's when you achieve your goal. Yes, so true. That's so true. And I want to uh, to go on like with you on on that. I want to ask you, where do you see puppetry in 10 years? I hope everywhere, because I think it's really coming up and having a big um, new revival and a trend, like yeah. becoming more and more popular. You're mentioning the rather looks. Uh, which are everywhere around the world. There's more and more people finding puppetry and getting involved with them. Um, I see them in the form of robots in pretty much everyone's home, um, but also um, as something that we will just continue to participate more because the more our world gets filled with machines, the more the puppet is right there for us. Like we'll have to, we will be forced to create a relationship with it. The more humanoid they become, the more that will be key. Um, we won't be able to escape them in, in that sense. And we will be creating them and interacting with them. And they're just going to become a part of the, our world. And I know for some people that sounds very scary. Um, but in the end, every tool was created by humans. So we've invented the hammer. And hammer is used for beautiful things. We build shelters and we build many things with it. But we can also kill with it. So every tool, a robot is just a tool. It will be able to make great things and it will also be not so great. That's part of our two sides as humans. So I think that puppets will be everywhere. I think that, that that's unstoppable. Now in the art form, well, there they're gonna go even further because the world is becoming a global village where we speak so many languages and there is people from all around the world, especially in Canada. And in puppets, you cannot rely on the text. You have to be visual. Mm. It's the perfect art form that can go across cultures because I can understand a puppet show from Japan or a puppet show from Mexico or a puppet show from Spain or from Finland, even though I wouldn't speak the language. It has to be visual. And I think that the puppets are going to be more and more important every day, especially the non-speaking puppets. Wow. <laughs> you are a philosopher. That's that's really really interesting to hear you. I could like stay all night to speak in, in those terms because you are so a visionary and like a, in French we say visionnaire. You 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 see the It's a positive future. I love it. I love that you you see it in bright and shiny. And yes, we will take advantage of it and we will use puppets. And it, it, it's a relation that we build with, with yeah. those. It's philosophy at the same time. And for sure, it, it will influence stage and we will see uh, yeah, on stage some of those philosophy brain stuff going on. Because it's it's so funny how um, when the first Ivo dog, which was a robotic dog in Japan, came out in 1970-something, everybody was like, oh my god, no pets are going to die. Nobody's going to have pets anymore. It's like, that's of course not happening. People have pets more than ever. You know, because it's not a replacement for humans. And it will never be a replacement. But there is something that makes us 
as humans, since the dawn of humanity, we're fascinated by things and how do they work. And I think that the very fact of, of what makes us human and what set us as humans on this path towards building you know, cities and, and plumbing, everything that we've made and achieved so far and, and medicine um, is because we've taken a thing and looked at it and went like, huh, what else can it do? And that's a puppet. So for me, a puppet connects to an idea. The moment when I take an object and I start to play around with it, that's creation. And it's, it's animation comes from the word anime, soul. So that's, I think it's the driving force before, be, behind what makes us human, what makes us advance, uh, make the next step. So I think the puppets are, have always been part of everything we do and are always gonna be. Yay, so, so beautiful. And as you are my first director that I interview who are like specialized in puppetry or like you, you have a lot of, of love for this art form. I want to ask you when you, you recruit puppeteers or when you want to work with, with puppeteers or, or you are there, like you, you cast shows for your festival. What are you looking for? Like, what is a good advice for puppeteers if you want to, to work with you or, or for a director in, in general? For a puppeteer, um, yeah. the important traits are don't be selfish. It's about the puppet, not about you. That's the difference in acting. It, the focus is not on you. The focus is on the puppet. Um, be patient. It takes a lot of time and be precise. I think that precision, just a simple thing like opening mouth and at what vowel it's open and at what vowel is closed. It's a lot of technique. It's like practicing the piano. So it will depend, um, you know, always how much time do you have? Uh, who are you hiring? How much experience they have in the field? Like that will always depend on the producer. But like if someone would like to pursue a career path on that, I would highly recommend going and doing masterclass with people around the world, um, learning about marketing. You guys are doing awesome things about marketing. Um, you know, today it's so important that you figure out how are you going to get your skill out there. So YouTube is a great way to do that. And just, you know, taking a small piece of paper and playing with that and recording and have that out there and then watching it and seeing precisely, okay, where did I make a mistake in here? And going back and redoing it and actually recording that whole process because I think it's kind of fun to see behind the scenes in that way. So those precision, um, being um, not self-involved and um, being patient, I think are the three most important traits for a puppeteer for me. Yay. Yeah. So that's a good advice. I feel we, we, we can send it to, to the world and say, Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's be patient and, and, and work towards others and reaching out. That's so cool. And I don't know. I, we didn't get the chance to talk about that before the interview. Do you have like for the conclusion? I always ask if you have something visual to, to show us. So I don't know if you prepare something or. <laughs> I, um, we're in lockdown and all of that now, so I have not access to any puppetry and stuff like that, but I've brought something else, which is um, this wonderful paper crane, which I can show. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, a puppet in, in its own, almost, like it would be able to move, uh, but not in this particular version. So uh, this, this was made for our first group of uh, emerging artists that we worked 
with in the summer. And we've done all sorts of different things. And they've been learning about all sorts of different genres around the world, including puppetry. So that is my, uh, my friend, the crane, who is sitting with me here today. Yeah, and it's the, the name of your company also. It, it's it's have a connection also. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Um, uh, it's the Crane Creations Theatre Company because cranes are birds that are migratory. They live on all different continents and we're kind of like that. We're a company of people from around the world. Uh, we speak many languages in our company. There is, uh, we are first-generation Canadians and immigrants and people who come from all different walks of life. And um, Crane is also that building crane. Uh -huh. We're building a puppetry festival. I mean, we're building the first professional company in a city of 800,000 people. So it's a lot of building to do. Right, right, <laughs> right. right. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> you say yes, yes, but you will make it. It will be wonderful. I can't wait to 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 meet you in person and go to to see this festival. It's it's not that far from Montreal. It's very true, and it's not that far time wise as well. So our festival is always in March. Uh, we are in the uh, second week of March, and we would normally be having a very nice international company from around the world, but you cannot travel uh, right now because of COVID, but hopefully in 2022 and 2023 and four and da, 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 we're going to be able to host artists from around the world. So uh, we have our uh, call for artists that's going to be coming out in the next few days. So make sure that you check back on our website and our Facebook. Uh, it's uh, cranecreations.ca. Uh, um, and uh, of course, follow us on Instagram or on Facebook. We have a lot of opportunities for emerging artists and for puppeteers as well. Um, the festival presents professional puppeteers from around the world. And as I mentioned before, we understand the idea of puppetry as a rather broad form. So it's an interesting event to be a part of. And this year we're virtual, of course. We're all in this <laughs> <Yeah. Thursdays. laughs> Yeah, so we can see stuff on, on your website as virtual uh, performance and you have, uh, you have stuff online. So it's, a, it's, it's not, not this weekend, in, in few weekends. So. Yes, we're starting March 13th and we're done on March 15th. There is some shows, there is some meetups with other puppeteers, there is some workshops uh, about uh, different professional things. There's something for pretty much anyone. That's so cool. That's uh, I want to see it. It's uh, so everyone tune on this. It will be so awesome. Andrea, let me bring a little uh, comment from uh, from the, the 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 crowd. We have yeah here we have Rohit who say I agree. Like it's it's funny. It's from what we were talking about. Like children, so cool. And we have Felix also who say we have to. Uh, right, national, yeah, national theater. That's good. <laughs> Let's do it. Puppet and robot. Thank you, Felix, for this comment. I hundred percent agree, Felix. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Andrea, I want to say thank you for your time and passion, and it's so cool to to have your vision to on the show. And uh, yes, thank you. Thank you, Caroline, and thank you, Eli. Uh, Eli is behind the camera. Yeah. Uh, he's the magic that makes all of this happen. Um, and thank you for you know being here for us. Like 
you're bringing the puppetry community from around the world together. Like, look, we are from Germany at 2 a.m. We're from Mexico. Like, that is what can happen in puppetry. We are all holding the rods and having, having the puppets going. So thank you for doing the Puppet Podcast. It's an amazing community. Thank you so much. Yes, we do it with passion. So we appreciate the, those comments. It, it's so cool. Yes, we have Felix who say thanks also. Yeah, thank you so much. So I will, Andrea, I have to remove you from the screen. You know, we push the screen like this. But uh, yeah, stay in the virtual studio. <laughs> yes, we will chat after. Everyone, thank you for for the show. Yeah, we have Virginia who say really cool discussion. That's true. Yes, we we have so much fun at the podcast talking about this passion of puppetry. So yeah, if you are a puppeteer and you want to, to maybe have some tools about marketing and promotion, branding and stuff, we offer those coaching calls. So you can call us and the address is uh, our website. It's puppetpodcast-call. So ding, you can call me and Eli and we will meet you and see if if you you want you need help or just to talk a little and sometimes you we find bright idea to help you with with your art and your promotion online as it's part of the challenge of now and just take it positively and learn about it and that's our philosophy also so yeah thank you so much everyone we have yeah casper everyone inspiring so cool to have you all and yes let's be all together in this time so i will wish you a wonderful evening afternoon morning depends where you are you 2 a.m at some place but uh i will wish you a wonderful day stay safe and stay tuned we have other episodes next week for the puppet podcast bye, -bye.